1: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: 6.35 and change. The Minnesota Twins with a walk-off home run you heard right here on WCCO. It was some kind of game. Jose Miranda beats Hader in the ninth inning. And the Twins went at 4-1 to one on a beautiful sun-drenched day at Target Field. It was awesome. I had a chance to visit with Jose Miranda after the game. We will bring you that later. I talked to a number of different players after the game, and, and that was an uplifter. That was a signature win. You get a few of those during the year where you say, if you get beaten this one, ee, all of a sudden the numbers don't look so good. Instead, you find a way to win, and here come the Chicago White Sox, and now you get a chance to... You can't knock them out, but you can do a lot of damage when they get to town over the next four days, uh, and the Twins will get that opportunity. Now, the, the future of this team, guys like Miranda and Royce Lewis, who I talked to yesterday and see him out there... Um, He's got the knee injury. They are built and fortified, of course, through the draft, Major League Baseball draft. That comes up this Sunday. Everything has changed in in, in Major League and Minor League baseball. Uh, So, too, perhaps the approach to the draft, because this is late in the year. It used to be back in in, in early June when they'd have it, but uh, it's different the way they fortified their Minor League teams. Sean Johnson's the man in charge of it for the Minnesota Twins uh, and Director of Scouting. uh, And he'll run the draft on, on Sunday for them. And he joins us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Sean, thank you for joining us.
1: Mike, thanks for having me.
0: What is this week like, man? So 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 I I don't know that people really understand, Sean, that, that, that Major League Baseball draft is different than any other draft because it's not just about picking the top players, it's about the signability of those players because it does you no good to take a first round uh pick who you can't sign. So 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 it's this allotment of money that you try to fill the gaps with, but you gotta know going in, not just who the best players are, but who's the most signable, correct?
1: Yeah, you always start with talent, and then you want to make sure at the end of the day that you can actually sign the player that you select. So we lean on a lot of people, mainly our area scouts, um, who do a great job of getting to know these players over the course of the year and making sure that they're inclined to sign, and, and that's what they plan to do once we take them.
0: What do you remember about Royce Lewis when it came down to making that pick? And uh, just thinking about him, watching him—you know, he's been injured, but we we see what he's got and and, and the talent tool and the pool that he draws from. What do you remember about about chronicling him and making the decision on him?
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, when it was right before the time to pick Royce, we—you know—he was just a kid that we believed in. We obviously, the ability was there and the athleticism. I'm just glad that. Our fans got to see him just for that short window of time, but uh, they were able to see what we saw in him, um, the athleticism, the ability to play it short, um, just a dynamic athlete with tools. But we loved Royce Lewis as a person, as a human being, his motivation to play the game. Uh, All those things were there, and picking one, you know, you need to be able to handle that, uh, be in that high of a selection. So he, we knew that the way he was made up, uh, as a person, and his drive to play the game that he could handle that, and I think he's done nothing but that since the day we signed him.
0: Do you remember the Buxton Carlos Correa year and what it was like to break down those two? Wow,
1: that was that was quite uh, a, a duo to pick from, and luckily mm-hmm. we didn't have to pick one and pick one over the other um, at the time. But we were certainly in love with both players. Uh, they were the discussion at the top of our board. It was one and two and, and it was really hard to choose. Um, and they were just at different points in high school. They were at different points in their, their maturity and the projection. And, you know, there was question marks with both to some degree, but not many. They were both elite players and, and I can still remember each other, you know, the, the scouts staring at each other, like which way are we going to go? Here? <laughs> and luckily we got to grab one, one or the other. And, and it's really like when we signed Carlos, uh, earlier this year, it was, uh, our scouts were ecstatic. It's like, could you dream that they'd both be on the same team? Mm-hmm. And it's happening. So, it was really a cool moment.
0: Now, they both have the tangibles, though, too, don't they? I mean, long and lean and athletic. And I don't know if this is true of all the all the position players that you draft, uh, but it seems like when you see a lot of these great players, you look at them, you go, you know what, they could do well in another sport as well. They've got that kind of ability and that, that kind of swagger. And, and, and do, you, do you see that in position players, guys, that you go, you know what, maybe they're a three-sport athlete, maybe they're not, but you go, he'd be a really good wide receiver, too, because they're just that gifted?
1: Yeah, you you come across those guys. They're not every year, and, and you know, my you might go a couple years before you come across a guy like I'm thinking, like Jameis Winston, who was a good you know baseball player at Florida State. He could do anything he wanted to. Uh, there's always those guys that are really just elite at both sports, or maybe more than two, and they're impressive when you get to be around them. And it's a, a big reason why we love our scout, our jobs as scouts, is to be up close and get to know these kids who are just you know freak athletes. That are just so gifted in so many things, and, and and it's the thing that you can't you can't wait to get to the ballpark and see him play.
0: You you know, Sean, things have changed in, in minor league baseball, the draft, everything else. For number one, uh, the number of minor league players franchising is independent baseball uh, taking a bigger piece as well and a bigger lean on. What, what, the last couple of years, there was one year, you know, no minor league baseball, the COVID year, and guys just had to work out unless they're invited to the uh, taxi squad team. How has it changed? Because you, you've got, uh, you know, guys got backed up, etc. And, and how is, is Does that have an effect on the draft at all?
1: It doesn't really affect what we do on the front end. It's more of a development thing that, uh, you know, our guys have been behind on innings and at bats. The development piece, think about Royce, for example, who you know, had a shortened COVID year, and then there was an injury, so he missed, you know, essentially two years of development. Um, so it's really great to see him get to the big leagues so quick, um, despite really not having a, a bunch of minor league full seasons under his belt. So a tribute to Royce and his ability and, and his determination to, to get to the big leagues. Uh,
0: this draft this year looks like what to you? Do, do, you, do you give it a, kind of a general feel on it? Is, it? is it deep? Is it high end? What is it?
1: Um, I don't think it's like a high-end draft as far as depth across the first round. I think the big, the reason why it's not is the amount of college pitching that's on the on our board as it sits right now across the industry. I think you'll see. There's a good chance you're going to get past the number ten, eleven, twelve. Those those might all be position players that are drafted. Yeah. Um, there might be a pitcher sneak into there, but uh, college pitchers usually drive the first round and. Um, most of those guys either are hurt, are coming back from injury, um, or may have broken down during the year. So um, there's a lot of players we're trying to put together on our board that have incomplete resumes, if you will. And so you're trying to make sense of what this pitcher would have done if he pitched a whole year uh. or what he would do coming back from an injury. So there's more question marks than surefire talents that are going to fill that first round.
0: You know, one of the guys that's going to go fairly early is is Drew Gilbert out of Stillwater, and and he went to Tennessee and played. and and I covered him in high school, and I remember uh, emceeing the uh, Mister Baseball banquet when he won it that day. Uh, You guys drafted him once as a pitcher, and and he was a pitcher in high school, and he he was the you know he led him to a state championship his junior year. I mean, I mean, he was lights out. And he goes away, and you go, okay, man, he's going to you know he'll amp it up another five miles an hour, and and maybe be high end by the time he gets draft eligible again. Instead, he becomes a hitter. Uh, at Tennessee. Not, not that he hadn't hit before, but that was not what was forecast for him. Uh, what can you say about him? And do you see that very often where, you know, m- many times he ends up being a position player, goes, you know, tries it as a, they got a strong arm and they play, go to the bullpen or something. But, but do you see that very often, something like that?
1: You see a lot of guys that are two way players in high school that are, are gifted both ways. And, you know, it's hard to tell which way they're going to go if it's on the mound or, or with the bat. And, um uh, but a guy like Drew, I mean, if for people who haven't seen him visually, uh, lately, I've seen, I saw Tennessee play a handful of times this year. They had an amazing team. He doesn't look like the Drew Gilbert you saw in high school. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's, a, he's physical. He's strong. He's, he's gotten faster. Um, he may play center field in the big league. So, um, he's one of the better hitters on the board. And, you know, he had a great year this year. And I think he's certainly going to go on the first day of the draft. Um, on night one on Sunday.
0: Uh, You know, the the interesting thing to me is, how do you do that? How how do you just turn it and go, okay, I'm going to focus on being a really good hitter right now? Is is he just that gifted, or is it the fact that he's been around baseball so much, he feels the game well because he pitches? Because that is an extraordinarily difficult thing to do, is to be a good enough hitter to go on day one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I obviously can't speak for him, but I think there's some. At some point, he went down the road of okay, instead of trying to do both, I'm going to focus on this, and it turned out to be hitting. So he's trained his body in a different way. Uh, again, he's so physical now, but he's he's been able to keep his speed and this, his foot speed and and uh, his swings really come on. So I remember seeing him with the USA group last summer. Um, it was surprising how how much more physically was, and then I saw him, I think in March in the Minimate tournament down at Houston. And I'm like is that Drew Gilbert? You know, he just really <laughs> Yeah, I do know what you mean. He was so, you know, he was just so jacked, you know, and you, you couldn't even believe it. So, he's had a great year. I think this, you know, he's he's got a chance to be a big leaguer and um again, he's had a he's had an awesome year.
0: You know, um the when when you you know you look at those players and now you're seeing that this this rap speed and all the stuff that they're doing in the off season is is it often that you see an 18 year old that throws you know 87 miles an hour and he's kind of on your watch list and by the time he's draft eligible at 21 with all that they're doing now in the off season uh, that he's throwing 95 96 something like that d- does that happen more frequently now and does it surprise you ever?
1: Yeah, I mean it's. It's amazing how much velocity is across the country at at every level. You know, we have, you could be a high school player, pitcher, and throw 95, and we may not, we might have a draft tag for you, but not a, it doesn't make you a high pick.
0: I know, it's yeah, it's amazing.
1: You go to the, yeah, the SEC, the ACC, the bigger power fives, I mean, those guys rolling out of the bullpen throwing 95 and 6 and 7 with hard sliders, and that's just every weekend in the SEC, and that's why it's, the toughest conference, so um, velocity is everywhere. <clears throat> it's not really the separator anymore because everybody throws hard, just like in the big leagues. Everyone's throwing hard. You know, you see more guys throwing a hundred than you did ten years ago. So uh, velocity is certainly on the uptick across America and at every level. And it's just another another piece to the puzzle here um, when we start drafting pitchers.
0: Last question: What do you remember about Jose Miranda when he was a prospect? We saw him hit the walk off today.
1: Tell you what I. I give our room a lot of credit. The guys that see him, I I did not see him a lot. He was in Puerto Rico and at the time I was up on the West Coast supervising, but I can tell you that we believed in his bat more than the rest of the industry. Uh, we did a job, a great job of picking him out, knowing who, knowing the player at a really deep level and, and believed that he could be a hitter. And, and, uh, so that was, ended up being a great pick and, and it's no surprise to any of the guys in our room that that scouted him back in high school. They were, they were always in, we were excited to get him in the draft and obviously cool to see him have a walk-off winner today is really gratifying for that mm-hmm. group of guys who, 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 saw him play back in high school.
0: Sean, appreciate it very much. I know you got to get back to arguing with those scouts about who you're going to take, but appreciate right. your time very much tonight. We'll catch up with you after the pick on Sunday.
1: Sounds good. Always a pleasure.
0: You bet. Sean Johnson for the Minnesota twins. You talk about a tough, exact science. Drafting baseball players. I'll tell you what I mean when I say that the draft is different. Because it's not the top players that necessarily get picked in the draft. The best player might get taken in the 14th round. I'll explain when we come back. Welcome back, sports to the max. Josh Myatt had a big monster dunk. The Timberwolves Summer League team lost 87-75, to 60, uh, 75, I think it was. To the box, but I'm telling you, this kid's showing some things, man. He's he's got a little oomph to his game. Uh, he's pretty good at it, and and Wendell Moore's been pretty good so far. But but that whole summer league thing, I was there. I remember one year, and and all these players looked really good. First round picks, guys trying to find a job. They're all so athletic and in such good shape. And Ron Artest at the time star player in the NBA was injured and so he was coming back and because he was coming back they they wanted him to get some competition in the summertime before training camp and so he played for Phoenix uh, on the summer team just to kind of get his legs back he's so dominated and made the game look so easy and you're going how can you do that against these great players because he's even greater I guess and you don't realize that till you put them on the floor together you know, you're going, boy, these guys are all good. They could all make the team, you know. Like Rick Rickert was playing it, I remember. Uh, There's a lot of good players. And all of a sudden our test steps on the floor, the veteran. And it's like you get the ball and it'd be like, hey, I've seen that move 900 times, only at a higher level. So I think, I think I'll think i dunk this one on you. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. Next time I'll take the little spin move here and take a 10-footer. Um, but I will score whenever I want to score, or at least get a good look anytime I want to get a good look. It was fun. It was fun to watch because you saw the difference. Now this here's here's what happens in the baseball draft that you probably don't realize, but it'd be fascinating if you could watch it. So you have players, and, and they have a signability part of this thing. So that, so they go, okay, we we, we like him as a third round pick, but what's going to take to sign him? And so it might be a high school kid. So all of a sudden they're 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 four picks away. You know the uh, name a team. The Baltimore Orioles are four picks away, and they'll call the kid. And they'll, because they've got, they've got an allotment of money that they can spend, and they got it spread it out over the pie. And they'll say to the kid, "Hey, uh, we'll give you two hundred grand to sign and 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 uh, pay for your college education. Uh, will you take that if we draft you four picks from now?" And he'll say, "Nope. Uh, well, what do you want? I-, I want a million to sign. Okay." And, and then and then the next team will call him and, and, and they'll say, you know, the Oakland A's will call and they say, hey, man, we'll, we'll give you $400,000 if, if you'll sign with us. And, he, nope, I'm a million. And he's a third-round talent, but all of a sudden he gets drafted in the 11th round just in case he decides he doesn't want to go to college. Um, they've got his rights. But it it has nothing to do with, uh, as the other beer, uh, drafts do, a pyramid that that, that's, that straddles down. And, and you say, well, there, there's the best player. There's some of that. There's some of that, particularly in the first round, because, you know, these guys are going to be signable for your first round talent. But you'll see really good high school players that they might take late in the draft, just in case the kid has a change of heart. But it's really not that important whether or not they get him signed or not. And so just in case we'll draft this guy. You know Drew Gilbert got drafted by the uh, Twins as I mentioned as a pitcher and sort of his teammate fresh. Uh I think they went back to back in in late rounds and and both they knew neither one was going to sign probably. Uh, but you put it out there, uh it's good PR at at you know at minimum and and you have a chance to you know kind of take a look at and see what you think uh of uh uh, that kid and you know what, what he's about and all those things and so that's what they do and um, they just kind of try to figure out if, if this kid is you know uh, got the right makeup or do a follow on him you know if he if he'd flunk out of school and become eligible something like that uh, you've got the rights to him but, but it's not a true draft in terms of here's the best prospects the, the guys in the later rounds might be better than the guys in the early rounds in some cases they just don't have the same signability. So it's a whole different deal. I know that's confusing, but you had to see on draft day what it's like. They got one guy calling this guy in Arizona. Hey, if we take you in two picks, will you sign for this much? Nope. Okay, goodbye. Click. Uh, call the next guy. Will you sign for this much? And Nope. Click. And, and that's the way you got to do it because you can't afford to lose these picks. You got to fortify your system somehow. Twins have done a pretty good job fortifying their system, and Jose Miranda was uh, a piece of that today. A walk-off home run. Uh, twinned it all for the Twins against the Milwaukee Brewers, against one of the best uh, closers in the big leagues, hater. Um, I'll, I'll bring you my interview with uh, Jose Miranda a bit later in the show. When we come back, though, today is free agency day for the uh, Minnesota Wild and everybody else in the NHL. So what did the Wild do, and what does their prospect camp look like? Is that important to it? Can, can they do much in their salary cap right now? Uh, We get the best in the business, Brian Lawton, who we access a lot on this show. Uh, He's been a first-round pick. He's been an an agent, a general manager. He's worked on the NHL Network. Uh, He knows more about hockey than anybody I know. And we will visit with him about that when we come back. It's sports to the max, and we never let you down.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.